Good evening. Welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Ed P., Ed M., Megan, and a special guest who will introduce himself in a moment. We know him as Mark Stewart, and he was the original Liberty Block from which all of Liberty Block flowed. I think we're going back six, seven years. Mark, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Sure, and oh, Liberty your, your audio Block is, going crazy. is indeed seven years old. Mark, your audio is working. Is it working? No? Are you back. Try now. Um, I I feel stable, but let me let me try it on the phone. Uh, here, I'm going to try this. You don't hear me? We hear you now. Yeah, you we can hear you now. You do. Okay. I'm going to back it up with a phone in too. If you see a 914 phone, you can let me in. Um, so hello. I am, we are seven and a half years since Elliot Axelman came onto my radio show, which was called Mr. EDU. Cause I am an educator. I, I have a test prep firm. I help kids get into college and we wanted to promote our company primarily, but education issues on a for-profit radio station that lets people block, buy blocks of time. So the block of time I bought, I thought prime time and people could hear me. New York City was just barely outside their range. They broadcast from Greenwich. So across the sound to Megan and others in Long Island, uh, you can hear WGCH. Um, and so Elliot somehow figured out where I was, somehow contacted me. I don't remember how, but I said immediately, why don't you come on the show? You're going in. And in his show, Liberty Block was the part that I most wanted him to do. Am I being heard? Yeah, you're, you're no. in and out, though. Oh, my. Um, would it be worth my just calling in? I'll have a phone connection, not a video. Okay, give it a shot. We're going to move on for a second while you're giving it yeah. a shot. Okay. Um, Megan, you're otherwise occupied. So, Ed, or Ed, what's the biggest story of the week in your minds? Um, well, in the past week, that we saw the uh, Gavin Newsom um, DeSantis debate. Um, I, it was, um, I, I would rather drive nails into my eyes, um, than to watch that again. Um, because it, again, it was, there was hardly any substance to it at all. They were only given 60 seconds to answer questions. The questions were pretty good. They were right leaning questions that, uh, Sean Hannity put together, you know, something like why is you know, crime is high in San Francisco and low and. Orlando or whatever, high in California, low in Florida. How do you explain this? That's a kind of a right-leaning question because it tries to put uh, Newsom on the defensive. Newsom's responses were very much just he talking the talking points rather than addressing the questions. And to a certain extent, I think the uh, DeSantis did the same thing. He had his talking points he wanted to get by. Um, it wasn't really a debate. They did spend a lot of time talking over each other, um, and it was indecipherable for me. I couldn't tell what people were saying. 
Um, I, I don't know how the debate went uh, with the, the audience. I don't know who the audience was. I guess it's just the Fox News audience. Um, I don't think DeSantis did himself any, any uh, you know, damage. And uh, on the other hand, I don't think he really stood out. Uh, I think uh, Newsom showed that he was a, a sort of slick willy 2.0 um, with him, you know, getting, getting around all of the, uh, the questions. And uh, I think we're in for a world of hurt in, in 24 if Biden, you know, falls down and breaks a hip. Or in 28, I think Newsom is definitely setting himself up to be the Democratic uh, person in 28. Now, if if Trump, you know, wins the nomination, which it looks like he will, uh, 28 will be an open election, um, no matter whether he wins or Biden wins. So um, it does does look like Newsom is setting himself up as the number one, and it and it looks like DeSantis is setting himself up as the number one. So it's kind of a a preview of what we're going to see in 28. And I, I don't it, think that, I don't think that DeSantis, um, kill, you know, I, I again, uh, um, Kurt Schlichter who, you know, lives in California, uh, wrote a very good article of like, here is how you hammer DeSantis. And he lists like five things. And, uh, you know, the, the only thing, um, DeSantis uh, did that was, I think, effective, but he did it at the end, which was dumb, was the the poop map of San Francisco, you know, where the app that tells you where all the poop is to avoid. Um, oh, my God. So yeah, I, was, uh, I don't think that I don't think that was the biggest story of the week, but I don't agree that with your analysis of the of the event, I thought Newsom came off. I, I was shocked that he didn't have more lies ready at his disposal. I was expecting him to just throw one whopper after another and expect Hannity and, and uh, DeSantis to have to refute them. But he pretty much, he accepted all the premises that Hannity threw at him. He, ex- he accepted, I mean, he, you know, he tried to turn it around as best he could, but uh, he fought a fair fight the best he could. And because the questions were so right leaning, I thought he got his butt kicked. Uh, I thought DeSantis did extremely well. Uh, I agree that the poop map was one of his better moments, but uh, I thought throughout the whole debate he was strong. Uh, I thought calling him, get Newsom a liberal bully was was Trump esque, and I thought it was good. Um, but I think the biggest story of the week was probably the the COVID revelations, the Steve Kirsch Substack article. Uh, our friend Daniel wrote a wrote his own article about it. Um, I, I think that. I mean, we don't know when the dam is fully going to break on the COVID stuff, but uh, I think that there's a lot of pressure building up for for something to break on that. Give me a second. Um, did anybody else watch the DeSantis debate? Because I didn't, because I have no interest in what do you say, putting spears in your eyes or however you put it? Nails and nails. And I, I didn't, but I did have a I did have a question for Ed. Um, Ed what? Ed Ember Ed G. So, Ed P., it's Mark Stewart, and I want to know if you think by even doing this that DeSantis is setting himself up, not for 28, but for 24 if Trump is in jail. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody's uh, everybody's running for 
the second place so that if something happens to Trump, uh, they can be in first place. Just like I think um, Newsom is, you know, running but not running to set himself up if something happens to um, Biden. Now, he said in the debate, uh, Newsom said in the debate that, um, you know, he was asked and he said, oh, well, Kamala Harris was the obvious uh, choice, uh, Biden's right-hand person. Um, and, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I uh, he, he, You know what's uh, going to happen Iowa. to Trump, Ed? Trump is going to lose Iowa. That's what's going to happen to Trump. He's going to win South Carolina. I don't know what he's going to do in New Hampshire, but he's going to lose Iowa. And it's going to be... All right, be- so let's make, this, let's make this interesting, Doctor. Sure. Um what what are we gonna what are we gonna lay on the table? Because there's just no way Trump is gonna lose Iowa. <laughs> so okay. bottle of bottle of vino. Uh I don't drink, so that's in your benefit. Okay, but, all right. All right. Uh, that's okay. A bottle of uh of um uh, of water that it has a high pH. So it's very alkaline water, a bottle of alkaline water. Um, okay, That's you not don't more drink. up my alley. How can you be into politics and not drink? My God. Wait, I'm into politics. I don't drink. What, what, I'll, what, I'll what do happened? a $20 gift card for any drink, but I'm going to take the side of Trump wins Iowa. So I'm, the, I'm on the Powell side. Okay. But All right. he's not going to win in November. This I am so sure of. So I'll, I'll, I'll wager with odds. And this is why the Republicans are about to kill themselves. He can't win. I, there, I there's don't... no new independent that will vote for him. And there's a few old Republicans that don't want to vote for him and a few older independents that did vote for him that is unlikely. He, he has no upside. Yep. It's bad for Long Island. Very, very, very bad for Long Island. I will say that. When Trump is in office, it's like there's no Republican Party here. We just get thrown out. It's it's hopeless. It's a hopeless situation. I don't want him to win at all. Wow. So Nikki Haley just, I think, put her foot in her mouth again big time because I saw a piece just from today. The government... She, said she can't put her five-inch heel in her mouth. The government should stay out of transgender surgeries for minors. I think she's just going to tick off a lot of conservatives once again. I don't know why she says these things. They shouldn't outlaw transgender surgeries. So I don't know why she positions herself into certain um, positions. I, I really don't get it. But I think the same. She thinks it's 2004. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. So, you know, I don't know what the numbers are saying, DeSantis versus Haley, if that matters or not, but I think she keeps sabotaging herself. Now, isn't there another debate tonight? There is on News Nation. Which is what? Wow. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> what it's is some cable Nation? channel. I, I It's on DirecTV, which I have. It's channel 307 on DirecTV, if you have DirecTV. Right. And this one's going to be DeSantis, um, Vivek, and Haley and Christie for some reason. Is Christie going to well, be? Yeah. I heard Christie's yeah. on. Yeah, those are the four. 
So I don't the know. The rest have gotten voted him. off the island. Well, what's his name? I think withdrew the North Dakota dude. Berger. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm quite not quite sure what Christie's doing in there. I still, you know, even Come on. Christie is there for one reason and one reason only to, to bash Trump. Right. But I, I don't know. Is that Ronna McDaniel's interest? Who gets to decide if he's on the stage? They, they set some sort of a standard and they're increasing the standard as they go. So it's almost like Survivor, right? They're almost voting people off the island as they go. Um, and, and so basically, as the standard increases, um, people fall out. Yeah. I mean, Ed M., even if Trump loses Iowa, you really think that's going to change momentum so much for DeSantis? I think Trump is almost certainly going to lose Iowa. I think New Hampshire is up in the air. I think Trump is very strong still in South Carolina. But if he loses Iowa and he loses New Hampshire, you have a very different political landscape, I think. And where is this lose Iowa coming from? How can you, how are you contending this when he is by polling up 39 points? Okay, let's go through that. First of all, I don't believe the polls for a second, and not because I'm some poll denier or election denier. Number one, I think it's really hard to get good polls today, given how many people have cell phones and caller ID. So I think it's hard to get a a good scientific poll. Uh, I think I've also looked at a lot of polls, not all of them, but a fair number, and the polls are skewed. Some of them include Democrats. Some of them just include registered registered voters versus likely voters. Um, but more fundamentally, Trump has no ground game in, in Iowa. He has been insulting uh, the governor, who's a very popular figure and who, who has endorsed DeSantis. DeSantis has an extremely strong ground game there. He's got endorsements from very important local figures. And I think he's going to win and win pretty handily. I don't think it's going to be that. Wow. Wow. All right. I've got a uh, I've got a wager. And and I'll say this. You were talking before you. uh, You were talking before about how Trump has no chance in November. In the general. In the general. Yeah. My. My. Well, and let me just finish my sentence. I, right. I think that just as in 2016, there were people who were afraid to say they were for Trump. I think there are people today that are afraid to say that they're against Trump. I think there's a lot of discontent that people don't want to talk about publicly. But I think a lot of people want to just move on from Trump and don't want to talk about it. That's my opinion. Now, what do you got for me, Ed? Uh, so this is the 538 aggregate uh, aggregator for Iowa. Um Okay. It is so it's an aggregate of, of other polls. I'm not going to argue about the the um the amount. It does look like Trump is under 50%. Um but it, it just does seem like everything's very very static except that Nikki Haley has taken some uh votes away from DeSantis. It, but it seems like as we go through the year everything is like mostly the same. Um, and as this is an aggregate, I mean, we could look at the real clear politics aggregate. Um, the only movement is 
is Haley taking some from DeSantis? It do, it doesn't seem like there's just, any movement. You can't just look at a, at a at a graph without looking at the demographics and the the questions well, asked, this, and things like that. This is an aggregate of a, a large number of polls. You know, that's the okay. Yeah. And how do those polls? Well, actually, it looks like Haley. It, it looks like Haley. She blips up when Trump blips down. At the yeah, end, look yeah. At those, yeah. From from there. So I'm not yeah, sure that she's like, taking from DeSantis. No, you might be it's right. Trump. It does look like here. It looks That's like she's taking from uh, Trump. Yeah. I, I Could be. I mean, we still, you know, we still have a month to go before Iowa. Uh, I, it, it would be mm. hard for me to see... Um, that flipping very much is i mean how much is desantis i think he has pushed it the idea that trump can't win in november right well they all say it. i think a little bit i don't think that, he's that's, pushed as much as he should and as much as he needs to i think there's a lot of people who will never vote for trump no matter what mm-hmm. however I think that there's those that, that group doesn't mean Republican that they're going to vote for Biden. That doesn't mean they're going to vote for Biden. This this is going to be a base turnout election, not necessarily an independent swing election. You turn out your base. Who do you think RFK pulls from more? Pulls more away from the Republican or pulls more away from the Democrat? More away from the Republicans. I think it depends on who the Republican nominee is. If Trump is the nominee, Trump's position. I was a big, I was a big RFK uh, fan for a while, but he's really gone in his public statements lately um, away from like the key issues that I thought he was good at, which was the you know COVID, anti, you know the anti-COVID totalitarianism, <laughs> um, pro-free speech, um, and uh, anti-big pharma that sort of thing. I, I was really excited to see that in the race. Um, but lately, he, he has gone back to some very, very liberal talking points. And I, I don't I, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish. So well, I don't even know whether he'll get on the ballot in all 50 states. That would be that's really hard. So I, I, I don't even think RFK Jr. is a factor now, unfortunately. I, I, I did kind of like some of what he was saying, though. Seven so percent is a factor. If they skew one way, if Megan's right, and I lean her way, I I think he pulls more away from the Republicans. Mm-hmm. In part because Republicans have brains and they're separatable. Democrats just pile on no matter what. They can have the most odious nominee, but Democrat voters are programmed to just vote them in. Well, you make it sound like that's a bad thing. I think that's a problem for the Republicans. That's it is a problem for the Republicans. Well, then there's I... that other story. The Republicans kicked George Santos out of the House. Now, I am no fan of George Santos by any stretch of the imagination. He's a scumbag, but he was our scumbag. And they took uh, plus four in the House of Representatives and deliberately, instead of waiting like another couple of months, Took it to plus three. Yeah, well, and, and McCarthy's leaving too, right? He's stepping down. 
Yeah, McCarthy's McCarthy leaving in the next election, but they can't. No, no, Santos McCarthy's out. stepping down this year. He just announced. Yeah. The end of December, he's stepping down. Yeah, well, the new Congress gets seated on January 3rd. So what is he going to be not in Congress for three days? They kicked no. Santos out. No, that's two next months year. Before. No, and there's oh, no no one's oh, running he's for stepping Congress down this, this December. Yep. Yes. Just announced that. Yeah. Right. I just want to remind everybody, Santos was my congressman. So there's going to be a new election Mm -hmm. December 13th, although I don't know who's running. Do you guys have any questions for me regarding my BFF? I mean, I never, this is the first time I'm speaking about it. I literally ducked Netflix. They would follow me if I was having a beer. Um, You know, they followed me around. Uh, Grant just texted me. He wants to be on next week. So okay, he broke God, the story. Whatever you want to share about Santos is fine. Do you know who's running to take his seat on the Republican I, side? I know what. I have a couple of ideas. I would love to see the state senator, Jack Martins, run against Tom Swazi. I think that that would be a very equal match up. And um, I know on the Democratic side, uh, we're looking at Tom Swazi. We're looking at Robert Zimmerman. Melanie DeRigo and former state Senator Anna Kaplan. Um, but I think Swazi will take that. And on our side, I would love to see, I would love to see um, state Senator Jack Martin's uh, run. Do you, are you familiar with Jack Martin, Steve? No, but how much does it hurt the Republicans that we were so stupid that we elected Santos? Santos? How much does that hurt? No, I don't, I don't think we can't re- Okay. So as somebody who was, I, I, I mean, that's like saying I'm stupid. I trusted him. I believed him because I don't lie. I'm not a liar. I don't make up stuff about myself. And I, I just expected him to be the same. And I trusted him. I believed him until. So it's like animal house. It, it, oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah, we fucked up. Yeah. You trust, but me. but yeah, like to <laughs> to say we were so stupid. I mean, I it's frustrating to me. Were we stupid? No, he said all the right things. I still agree with the positions he took on mostly hey, everything. What is okay? I just like I knocked Trump for hiring the absolute best people and then himself trashing every single one of them. And what does that say about him? Whether you were fooled or not, the Republicans are easily fooled. So either way. It yeah, because we're honest, because we don't lie. Like the Democrats, they, they're all liars. I understand. But oh, we're come still on. Easily, we're Republicans still don't lie? Uh-oh. Well, not as badly and not as obviously. They, they lie about we little things. We'll get called out. Democrats lie about big things. Yeah. And they we, lie about cutting the government. They lie about cutting the deficit. They lie about uh, repealing Obamacare. Yeah, but that gets called out. That's stupid to do. They lie all the time. Yeah, yeah but know. the Democrats have no checks and balances. We get called out. Even if we tell the truth, we get accused of lying. So I just think if I'm on the fence, I'm like, you know what? You Republicans are willing to put absolute garbage into Congress. I'm going to just lean the other way. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. I, I do. I if, do if think things that. Are close. But I think that well, if we the have other a way. Is the other way. To lean Democrat, or would it be to lean third party, Libertarian? No, nobody's going to vote Libertarian in a Nobody votes. in Long Island, so it's just going to go to the Democrats. I mean, I'm, I don't follow it closely, but 
I figure the people who are in the middle are going to say to heck with the Republicans and even punish them for what they did. So I don't know if that's true, but. That's I think that there'll be certain segments. I right. think but that. How many do you need? You don't need that many. I think that Port Washington will certainly do that. But I, I think, think that we're still going to. Really it's about the middle, though. I think that it's. I think every West. election is a base election. I, I don't. I believe. I don't. I think that this whole notion that moderates and independents decide elections has been proven false over and over again. And as far as this election that you're talking about is concerned, Santos election and his expulsion from the house is going to energize the Democrat base. Plain and simple. It's going to bring the Democrats to the polls. But that, that district is so red. That's the thing. The district is so red now. I mean, great neck is flipped. There's like a couple of areas that aren't. So then it's just, it's just on us to knock on those doors and get the votes out, which the chairman has been incredible at. I mean, we have a plan, their strategy. We are given, we, we get out the vote. If it's one thing that we do in NASA County GOP, we knock on every door that we possibly can and we get out the vote. Since Joe Cairo took office, we work our butts off and we're gonna do the same thing next year. And I'm hoping to put another Republican Congressman in there. I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna believe in my chairman. I adore him. I believe, I, I know that his methods work. And I'm going to follow his direction. We're going to win. Isn't the election like in but a- you're going to do it this year? I, I hope because the election is February. Yeah, February. So that's 2024. OK, got it. I thought you meant November. No, got no, it. no, the special. Election. No, the special election. Going We're back gonna do to whatever what it takes. Going back to my question on DeSantis, I'm not interested in who's going to win in November. I'm interested in the perception of who can win in November while we're still in the primaries. And should they be hitting on the fact that Trump is so vulnerable? How big is that an issue? Or do we go with the Republicans don't really want to win anyway? Do they want to win? If I'm, I mean, I've criticized DeSantis' strategy for months on this show. I think that he should be hitting Trump a lot harder on electability, on COVID, on the crime wave, on Fauci. There are a whole on the on the on guns and the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Trump is vulnerable on a lot of issues. And so far, the only one who's really hitting him is Chris Christie. Right. All right. So let's move over to COVID since we're bringing up COVID. And Ed, I'm going to let you give the details of what you said that more and more stuff is coming out. So go with that. Well, I mean, uh, Steve Kirsch put out a, a lengthy Substack article on a bunch of studies and and, uh, whistleblowers from, I think, New Zealand that are uh, showing how how much we've been lied to about the about uh, the numbers, about the about the vaccines, about it's a it's a it's a it's mortality data and covid vaccination data. So you can take. You can finally see whether there's any correlation between getting the shot and dying. Right. Now, if there's no, if there's no correlation between dying, um, the, the probability of you dying the day after you got the shot, five days in the 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, hundred days, it should should all be roughly the same, you know. Lots of noise in the data, but it should all be roughly the same. But if the probability it, it looks like this and increases after the shot, and then 
goes down later and potentially under the, uh, the norm, then it looks like the shot correlates with more death, more death sooner. And you can only get that data if you have the date of shot and the mortality afterwards. So if when somebody dies, they say, okay, uh, I'm going to put their death, date of death, you know, December 6, 2024, into a database and then have that attached to when they got the shot as part of like, you know, digital metal, medical records. And if somebody stole all that data, which what they did in New Zealand from certain types of clinics, then they can analyze that and, and look at this curve. If it was flat, you know, then obviously the shot has no influence on, on death. And if it was humped, then it looks like the shot um, might have an effect on uh, all-cause mortality. And what they found is that the shot was humped. Now, once he did that, he put it up on a, a site uh, called mega.nz and uh, got his account destroyed. Uh, mega is one of those accounts that, uh, one of those sites that, you can store stuff on, but it isn't discoverable. So you have to provide people a link. But as soon as the people who run Mega, which is not Kim.com, who did the, the first Mega, um, but it looks like it's the New Zealand government. They they just nuked any they nuked anybody's account who who had it, um, who had this data. But Kirsch uh, had a backup on his own computer and was um, uh, and has now put it. Put it up somewhere that's rock solid and won't uh, destroy it. Yes, Mark. So, Steve, is the contention that the vaccine actually is causing higher mortality? It's one thing to say, the, oh, it didn't work, that it, it was ineffective. To say that it actually is causing mortality, is that what they're contending? Well, yes. The, 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 there's the, a well, spike it, in deaths that correlates directly with when there were more shots. And then when people started having vaccine hesitation and stopped taking boosters and stopped taking shots, the deaths went down. That's the, that, the data. All right, so here's one other contention. Do you have a fairly randomized group? Because it is very possible, and I, I, I am a vaccine skeptic, but it is very possible that the people who chose to take the vaccine felt more imperiled. I'm older. I have diabetes. I have comorbidities. So if they're already more imperiled, then taking the vaccine doesn't mean that they are being hurt by the vaccine. By contrast, we who feel, I don't need the vaccine. God's immunity is going to protect me. We probably are, are healthier in the first place. Well, Mark, you got to understand the, the nature of this data. It's not did you take the vaccine and then die? It's what day did you die after the vaccine? And so you have to look. And it, again, if the vaccine provided, it, you know, didn't do anything for all, well, if the vaccine provided assistance with all-cause mortality, you would see taking the vaccine, all-cause mortality would dip under the norm and then probably go back up after a while because we know the vaccine to the extent it provides any protection from COVID, it goes away after six months or so. 
So that's mm-hmm. kind of what you would expect by an effective vaccine. It would it would the it would dip down uh, the all cause mortality because you're protected from COVID, and then go back up. If it had no effect at all on all cause mortality, then it would be flat. And if it had a positive effect on all cause mortality, you would you would expect all cause mortality to go up for a while and then die off. And what we see is that third one in the data. Is the data selective? That's the question. And there is a lot of argument, uh, uh, you know, is there selection bias in the data? And there's a lot of argument online about it. I mean, the the Fauci's, et cetera, you know, the, the, the pharma people are like, what data? It's not data. That's just, you know, that's made up. That's not real. That's not, you know, you can't draw Farm, any conclusions. Pharma is the one that the used so much selected data to get what they want in the fir- first place, per what I understand. Now, Texas of is suing Pfizer, right? And I assume it is. You know, stuff is going to come out of that. But, Ed M., do you think it's going to matter? Like, if we knew that everything was a total lie, we've had this question before, so what? Who cares? Well, I think a lot of people care, but there's no political opposition to it. There's opposition amongst the population, but there are no politicians that are willing to stand up for us. And no, none of them are willing to stand up to Pfizer, with the exception of Rand Paul and Thomas Massey and, you know, maybe five people in, 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 the, in the legislature. But um, I mean, that's the source of the frustration. It doesn't matter when they admit they lie. Nobody cares. And I, you know, politicians who can do something... Like, is anybody ever going to get punished for this? No. <laughs> I mean, because, I, again, it's the whole what is true thing. I mean, no, it's... no, no. I'm asking a different question, Ed. If it came out tomorrow, somehow, hypothetically, that every single thing that Alu Axelman wrote in his book, Corona Fascism, three years ago was true, and that everything Bobby Kennedy wrote is true, and everything everybody wrote in the other books is true, and we were 100% lied to about every facet of this, would it still matter? And I don't think any- well, It's all come out, and it won't matter. depends on who the Republicans nominate this year. I mean, in 2012, the Republicans ran against Obamacare, and then they nominated Romney. And it made it really hard to, to talk about repealing Obamacare. And I think that if you if you nominate Trump, you have the same issue. Whether the Democrats bash him with it or not, and I don't think the Democrats would bash him over it, but he sort of no, silences, not directly. He silences the opposition on the Republican side. Whereas if you get a guy like DeSantis nominated, who's been attacking Fauci every time, every chance he can, I think there is a chance that we're going to get some justice out of it. It depends. Depends on who we nominate. You know, as John Roberts said, elections have consequences. Right. So and we're all pretty sure that Trump is definitely not picking this one up because he's vulnerable and frankly, probably too narcissistic to care. And then the only yeah. hope is that DeSantis will pick it up. But, but who knows if he will, which is very, very sad, because as you guys have said a million times, it's a ten thousand dollar bill waiting to be picked up. And with more information coming out every day, that should be the only thing they talk about tonight at this supposed debate. Did Did you yeah. guys see that Hofstra had invited Fauci for to be, give the commencement speech for December and then they just nixed him um due to uh protests so i what kind of impact is that going to have i mean it was Hofstra's pretty liberal um they canceled him doing the commencement speech so are the tides turning like who is was, everyone who was protesting Hopefully. megan um there 
we were. Um, and there were also letters to the editor from various publications. Um, and they, it got so hot that they just canceled him. As well, I got to tell you, I, I, I got COVID last Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I was down completely. Yeah, it sucks. And, uh, and, uh, you know, yesterday I was up a little and today I was, I'm, I still feel lousy, but I, I got to tell you, the people who are responsible for this are, are, you know, Ralph Barrick, UNC, Peter Daszak of the EcoHealth Alliance, Tony Fauci, who funded, the, and Ji Zheng Li, who is the bat lady in, in China now. Uh, she's probably going to get hers because she's, uh, the Chinese are already, you know, they're not nice people. Um, but the other ones, Ralph Barrick, Peter Daszak and uh, Tony Fauci are responsible for so much pain and suffering and illness and death. Um, you know, they're the ones who, you know, and yeah, Andrew Cuomo and and everybody, but I mean, they, they're the ones who funded the creation and, uh, you know, basically created this monster. Trump funded and, this, Ed. I mean, you can't, that's the whole thing. You can't attack these Democrat leaders for funding I'm it. I'm talking about the virus, not the vaccine. Because the virus is the one that, the thing that, made my weekend a disaster not the vaccine okay but a bad I reaction to the let's vaccine. shut the world Jesus. down <clears throat> yeah yeah there's also who you know there's also the um that uh simulated simulation exercise that was run in december 2019 that we now know was run after the u.s intelligence agencies understood that this uh um, this virus was on the loose, which we now know they knew in November. And in the um, in that simulation, they decided on you know shutting the world down, which went against every aspect of the uh, the previously understood ways to combat uh, pandemics. Um, and so a lot of a lot of blame for that has to go to the funders of the event two one, and and that was one Mr. Bill Gates. Yes, of Gates about, of Hell. About which Daniel fame. wrote a book, Gates of Hell. Yeah, Gates if you of want Hell. to plug his book, you know this is kind of goes together with uh, what's his name, Mr. Ray Christopher Ray, admitting, yeah, we always knew the laptop wasn't a lie, but we couldn't say anything. And again, does anybody ever get in any way sanctioned? Were hurt because yeah we lied so what who cares just like Russian collusion exactly the same thing is there ever going to come a time where there's consequences I don't happen to think so no matter how bad the things are that they do only for us when we get invited in by police to the Capitol during uh, January sixth that's only the only time Republicans there's consequences. consequences Democrats never have consequences because Republicans will never impose them. That's very frustrating. Like you say, well, going back to Santos, we'll get rid of him, but we'll never make noise to get rid of somebody on the other side. Oh, we'll make noise about it. I mean, Trump but got elected in part on lock her up. And then yeah. he didn't do anything what happened? About it. what happened to that lock her up? You know, that's that's not on Democrats. That's on Trump. You know, it's going to be interesting to move back to the Middle East for a second, because more and more information is coming out about the supposed intelligence failure 
And more and more is coming out. The failure was not the intelligence. The failure was people up very high in intelligence decided to poo-poo it. And lots of people knew what was going on and they threatened to discipline people for talking about it, et cetera. And it's going to be very interesting to see in Israel, are they made to pay? And I happen to think some of those people should be hung because they're literally responsible for 1,200 plus deaths. Mm -hmm. uh, in the past, Israel got rid of a prime minister and a defense minister after the Yom Kippur War. Whether they should have done worse is a very interesting question. And as I've always said, the parallels between Israel's political um, reality and America's is just unbelievable. And I'm hoping to God that Israel's actually going to investigate and really severely punish people, not by their resigning, but by taking away their pensions, by at the very least destroying them, because there were people who knew at the top and let it happen. So I think the idea is if you don't punish people for what they do, why wouldn't they do it again? Just like collusion, just like everything yeah. else. It's true. And I'm afraid the Israeli press will not let them punish those people who are really responsible. So staying on the Middle East for a second, am I correct that we're allowing the Houthis to really mess with ships and we're not doing a darn thing? Who's what we? I read was we're actually shooting down the, the missiles. Well, Didn't we well, get hit? At best, we're, at best, we're doing an Israeli Iron Dome. We won't let them hit us. We'll parry, we'll block. But am I correct that we're not exactly reacting to having missiles shot at us? Right. We we got hit on that boat, right? In the Red Sea? Right. Besides, and we, we didn't do anything. hit a bunch of times in our bases. And yeah. America, I think they said the last I heard, which was probably this morning, they're really talking about it now. Now we're really going to talk about what we're going to do. And again, I'm I'm always biased when we come to Middle East things. But is this really bad for the states to allow this kind of stuff to go on? That sounds like so middle school. Oh, we're talking about it. It sounds like something you say, like when you're you're just talk. Like it sounds like there's going to be no action. I guess is my point. Right. So what is that like for an American if there's no action when people shoot missiles at us? It's just saying that we welcome violence and we welcome terrorists and we're not going to do anything. And it's again, it's bad. you got Republican control of the House. You've got defense committees. You've got members of the House that are on these committees. Why aren't they speaking up? Why mm -hmm. aren't they saying anything? It's That's not clear to me. It's not clear to me that our destroyers have anything to use as a land attack missile in in sort of counter battery fire to, to shoot at the the source. I think the way the Navy is structured, the destroyers are anti-air, anti-submarine. And then for offensive, like land attack, we use we use missiles launched from planes from carriers. Um, I don't know why we haven't immediately responded by firing a land attack missile towards don't. the place that they were um, launched from these these uh, these missiles, but I guess the thinking is is the, oh that'll be an escalation that'll be an escalation. No, Which let me explain it to you, Ed. The reason we haven't responded is because Biden welcomes it, and the people in the Biden administration welcome it. They want to take us down a peg. They want us to get hit. They want us to be hurt. They don't want us to respond. They don't want us to to win a war or win a battle. 
that this is exactly what they want. That's why they're not responding. They just feel like they have to show an they have to show enough so that they have plausible deniability to, to talk about what you know to, to quote Biden's brother. That's all they want. They want to be able to say, "Oh yeah, we were trying, but we couldn't come up with a good uh, a good plan." Traditionally, don't wartime presidents get reelected? I mean, I yeah. I don't I can't think of I can't yeah, think of Bush one 41. that didn't. Bush forty one didn't. But that wasn't like war was over. War. the war was over. We weren't at war. It was before the election. It was over in January, in a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, usually if there's a war going on, the presidents do get reelected. That's true. So but I guess, Ed, like... I guess, Ed M., your question is the best question. Once and again, we've asked the question for three years. Where are the Republicans? That's the problem. Uh, you know, the the interesting thing is there might, uh, I, you know, I'm not an economic wizard. They're all running but, for president uh, or vice president. They're going to there debate, might be debate a, after debate. Uh, there might be a recession next year. That's kind of the consensus. Don't know whether that's true. Aren't presidents in running in re- presidents running in recessions tend not to win, and presidents running in wars tend to win. So if there is a recession, there's going to be a war, and if there's a war, there may very well be a recession. I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, I don't know how. I I'm not don't have the tinfoil hat that Ed has, but I. I in the, that I don't think that they're think that they're I, I do think they're malicious in a lot of ways and I think they're stupid in a lot of ways but I don't think they're they're that malicious you know that they Ed, Ed, wanna, let me uh, ask you a question the Israeli bigwigs in intelligence who squashed the intelligence for over a year I mean New York Times everybody's reporting on it that they knew something was going to happen do you not agree that they on purpose wanted it to happen Yeah, I mean, I think they wanted it to happen. I don't think they knew that it was going to be this big of a catastrophe. Right. So it's not tinfoil hat to say that these people in the upper echelons were very happy people should die because it would get rid of Netanyahu. And they'll sacrifice maybe 100 lives to get rid of Netanyahu. So I don't think it's tinfoil hat to say the same thing about the states. Hold on. Why, why does an attack get rid of a pretty feisty, well-grounded Israeli leader. I would think, if anything, it emboldens him to stay in office longer. Say that again? Why does an attack make the Israeli leader more vulnerable to... Oh, because the buck buck stops here. He was in charge of the country when Mm -hmm. 1,200 people were butchered. That's what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. They've been trying to get Netanyahu for years. He's been under indictment for years. Matter of fact, the brilliant courts in Israel decided this week would be a good week to continue his case. That's an active criminal case against him. And so what that he's running a war? Let's bring him back into court. So, yeah, they would do anything to get rid of Netanyahu. I'm just saying that tinfoil hats, what do they say? The uh, difference between a conspiracy and reality is a week or something. These aren't tinfoil hats. And I believe I'm much closer to Ed M's belief that America has no problem letting people die if it'll put them into more and more power. And I think it's probably been true of America for a very long time, frankly. But I think- Even the election of 1800. It's horribly, horribly sad. Um, My understanding is that the Israeli shipping company, Zim or Tzim, 
has rerouted its boats over the last week. And they're warning customers that things are going to take another, I forget, days or week or whatever it is, because they're no longer willing to risk boats going anywhere near Yemen. And that's a big deal. Stephen, why is there no conservative alternative to Netanyahu? I mean, he's been the conservative choice for 25 years now. Uh, Why? I mean, yeah, you know, here in the States, you've got DeSantis. Now, forget about the, the, the rivalry between him and Trump. I mean, the reality is he's another MAGA type candidate. Why is there no similar development in in Israel? Why is Netanyahu always the only one on that side? This is a fantastic question. Um, I got some answers for you. I have to think about some other answers for you. Number one, he's been in power since I think a week after revelation at Sinai. Uh, <laughs> and therefore he, you know, that tends to keep people off the bench. There was Naftali Bennett, who should have been the heir to Netanyahu because he was excellent, strong on the right, great English speaker. Um, I thought he was going to be the next savior. But he had a falling out with Netanyahu's wife when he was Netanyahu's chief of staff. And then when he finally managed to get elected, he moved far left and he did that Arab coalition. Most of the bench in Israel is suckered in by the press that even if they felt they're on the right, they will move left, just like here. Most of the bench. Also, a lot of people on the right who could take Netanyahu's place, like Gidon Saar and maybe a couple other people, hate Netanyahu so much because apparently, let me put this delicately, his word may not be 100% trustworthy. And he has burnt so many people, even on the right, that in opposition to him, they're going to move left. So they're kind of burnt away from the right. They have to oppose him so they lose the creds on the right. but But if he's burned people on the right, why don't they just give him the middle finger and say, we're going to go against you? Why do they think that the answer is to jump to the left? Because if you jump to the right, the press automatically destroys you, just like here. I mean, wipes you off the face of the earth. So again, Israel is just America in a microcosm, and it's very hard to get to the right in Netanyahu, even though Netanyahu is really not on the right. He's a center right. He had well, he talks center. right. He doesn't govern right. He talks right. He doesn't govern right. Like I always said, um, this is my line. He is the best speaker in the world, and he doesn't believe a word he says. Um, but the point is, it's very hard to get somebody on the right. For the ones I watch are scared off the right and they move. It's like they're in a boxing ring. You know, Lieberman, who the Russian guy who was a far right politician, although he was on the secular side, which was unusual for Israel. He was anti-religious. He was a hard right guy who moved left for the same reason Ariel Sharon gave back Gaza in 2005. He's been under threat of indictment for about 10, 12 years now. Only since this war has Lieberman woken back up and started sounding like a guy on the right again. But for years... Wait, now, why did Sharon give up Gaza? Because he, he and his son were about to be indicted for a scandal having to do with a Greek shipping company, I believe. And I, you hear, and why did why did the give back make the scandal go away? Uh, let's see. If Trump hmm. were to come out tomorrow and say he is pro-choice and pro-illegal aliens... And maybe one or two other things. How fast would the press go back to saying he's the greatest person in the world? Ariel okay. Sharon, I don't think so at all. If you remember Sabra and Shatila, anybody remember that? Yes. Okay. And he was revel- reviled. He was, right. he, was, he was the most hated person in the universe. And he was hated by the Israeli press. And when he was prime minister, 
And he came up with an idea. Hey, I have a great idea. Let's leave Gaza and get absolutely nothing in return. And people say, what are you, crazy? So he said, yeah, we'll put it to a referendum of the people. No, they're going to vote the other way. Then he was going to make like a vote within his cabinet. So he fired everybody in his cabinet. He pushed the whole thing through unilaterally. And most people today, I still hear it on the radio. They admit he did it to get out of being indicted. And the next morning in the press, Sharon was the greatest thing to ever happen to the Israeli public. Everything he ever did on the right was forgotten. Just like Rabin. Rabin was also at one point a right-wing general. So the pressure to move left in Israel is at least as much as the pressure to, to move here. Why is there no bench? I think that's part of it. There may be other reasons. It's a good question. But in America, who listen, Ed, you're, you're yourself saying it. DeSantis is like a MAGA candidate, yet he's not running on it. He's not making noise. He's running on a MAGA candidate. What do you think? In what way is he not running as a MAGA? You're saying he's not, he's not making a lot of noise about the COVID thing. He's not. He's not picking up all these things and running hard with them. Well, he's not attacking Trump. That doesn't mean he's not running as a MAGA type candidate. I mean, he's talking. Well, I mean, for instance, in his uh, in his thing with um, Newsom with uh, Newsom the other night, you know, I mean, Trump ran on, you know, build the wall, close the border, uh, you know, better trade deals with especially with China and um, and stop, you know, the foreign wars and focus on America. He didn't really do it, say anything about the border. He did a little bit on trade, a little bit. Um, although Newsom said that, you know, he was better on trade than uh, than uh, DeSantis. And as far as the, the foreign wars thing is concerned, I don't think he touched on that at all. So, I, you know, it's on what basis, if Make America Great Again or, or being America first um, is is the standard by which we want to judge candidates right now. I'm not sure that DeSantis performed very well the other night. He's the best governor of our lifetime. I, I totally agree with that. And, and yeah, I, I, I disagree that. with you on, on your underlying, your, your, your main point. He talked about uh, closing the border. He talked about deporting people. He talked about, uh, I guess those are the two main things that I can think of right now, but uh, those are big things. I mean, he talked about the need to, you know, he, 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 he proudly defended what he did with uh, Martha's Vineyard. You know, the, you know, Newsom tried to make him look stupid about that. And he, he didn't back off of that. He said, yeah, he sent 50 people. Why didn't he send 50,000? The whole point is Trump is out there saying in his usual hyperbolic fashion on day one, the borders closed. Now, do I believe that on day one, the border is going to be closed? No. Do I hope that on day one, the border is closed? Yes. Is Trump saying on day one, the border is closed, addressing the issue in admittedly hyperbolic, but a way that makes uh, that connects with people, given Biden's catastrophe? It doesn't connect with any yes. new people. It, it re reinforces the MAGA already in the Trump camp people. Rah, rah. It doesn't get new people. No, but we're saying should DeSantis campaign that way? I think that's what we're saying. We're always, we're only talking, we're talking about a, a mm. base election. How many people in the base can you get out and go to the polls? Not, 
How many people can you swing? How many independents can you swing one way or the other? Biden's going to lose independence by two to one anyway, just because that's the way it goes in these types of elections. What, you know, it, it would be nice if Biden lost three to one or four no, to one. Yes, that would be nice. But he's going to lose two to one. That's the oh, way it's how can you say that's the way it goes? Independents have not broken two to one against the Democrat in your lifetime. Sure, they did. They did in uh, 16. Independents? No. I'll have to look it up. Trump didn't even the, win the, the most skewed victory of our lifetime was Bush versus Kerry, 2004. And I think that was a 56 to 44 result. That doesn't mean two thirds of independents could possibly have gone against Kerry. Well, I will take your word for it, uh, Mark. Um, perhaps I am confused. It is a guess. I, I, I'm not COVID in front of any brain. data, but I just don't think it's that close. I, I, I may be confusing undecideds with independence in my in my um, mm-hmm. uh, in my addled COVID addled brain. No, I, I take it the same way. Undecided, you're not part of either the Democrat or Republican Party. I, I, I don't think independents have broken more than sixty forty on either way in our lifetimes. I think it's always been pretty close. Maybe Nixon. Maybe Nixon McGovern. I don't see how Biden loses independence, let alone loses them two to one if Trump is the nominee. I don't see it. I agree. And you see Biden supposedly just spewed today or yesterday that he's only running because of Trump? Yeah, I saw that. You did say that. It's funny. Um, But it works. But again, this is what animates almost everything Democrat is. It's not Trump. It's Trump's for this. So we're for that. So Biden is making a good play by saying it. Right. So back to the question of a long time ago, is that something that DeSantis (laughs) should be playing much, much harder? Trump can't win. Yeah. Because that's kind of my fear is they're dying. The Democrats would love to run against Trump. That's what I believe. And the minute he wins the nomination, they're going to come all out like they do with McCain and like Trump the first time and like Sarah Palin, et cetera. And all the, the criminal stuff, the court stuff, they're going to destroy him. So See, I think, though, and I'm a big DeSantis guy, as you guys all know, I, I don't think it will be effective for DeSantis to make that argument first. I think he has to win substantively and show that he's better than Trump before mm-hmm. he makes the argument that he's more electable than Trump. Because mm-hmm. if he makes the argument that he's more electable than Trump, and I think he is, if he wins that argument, then you've split the whole party. You're never going to unite the party. I mean, you may not unite the party anyway, but <laughs> if you want to have any hope of uniting the party and uniting the the disgruntled, the disgruntled cult members you're going to have to show that you're a better candidate and you're going to have to win fair and square. I mean, not, not meaning that. And when I say fair and square, I don't mean you don't kick Trump in the balls if you have to, but he's going to have to show that he's the better candidate. And then once, once he's shown that he's a better candidate, like for instance, I mean, if he wins Iowa, the way I predicted earlier in the show, all of a sudden, then he can say, yeah, I'm the more electable guy and and I, I can win. 
But right now, it's just that would just be talk, and it just he'd be ridiculed anyway for it. I, I just I don't think it would be an effective argument right now. I think that's something he has to hold in his back pocket and focus on the substantive attacks. Okay, then I'll ask it slightly differently. Should his um, his people be making that argument more? No, because there's there's good reasons for him to win on substantive grounds. But he's not winning. He's being ignored totally until now. So unless, you know, even if you write about Iowa, which I hope you are, um, his, his candidacy doesn't get any traction and it hasn't in nine months. So... Well, he's going to have to fight. You know, I, I was a Ted Cruz guy in 2016. Ted Cruz decided he didn't want to fight Trump. He wanted to try and pony up to him and, and cobble, cobble up to him in the hopes that Trump would fizzle out and he'd get the Trump voters. So it seems to me like DeSantis is running from the same playbook. That's and it didn't work in 2016 and it's not going to work in 2024. If that's what DeSantis does. Well, you want to attack, you want to attack Trump head on. You have to attack him on COVID. You have to attack him on Operation Warp Speed. You have to attack him on uh, listening to Fauci. You have to attack on these things. You you don't attack him on his hyperbolic style or, you know, the orange man bad or any of that stuff. And that's like, I think that somebody who, you know, I think, you know, what's his name? New Jersey guy, Uh, uh, Chris Christie. I think Christie wants to attack Trump. That's his whole purpose. And yet he cannot figure out the right way to do it. I think he could be, instead of at five points, I could see, think he could be at 25 points if he only attacked Trump on the right things. But the problem is Christie is not really capable of attacking Trump on the right things. Um, and, I, and I don't think DeSantis is necessarily capable of attacking Trump on the right things. I don't think any of them are. I think Ramaswamy is. Um, and if he were to go out there and full, you know, attack Trump on the shot, on Operation Warp Speed, bring in this new New Zealand data that showed the all-cause mortality goes up after you take the shot, these sorts of things, I think you could actually make, uh, you could do damage to Trump. Now, whether that's going to win you the Republican nomination, I have no idea, but you could certainly damage him um, in the eyes of the electorate. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to attack Trump on the things that he's bad with, like his his people skill, you know, his his personnel skills or Operation Warp Speed. I or think he's vulnerable on the crime issue too, Ed. Yeah, or, or his, uh, you know, the Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. Let's let all the violent criminals out of the uh, the pen. Yep. Um, that's a that's a uh, that's another way. You know what. Kanye and Kim and Kanye go into his office and say, oh, these poor people are in here. Uh, you know, they're they're old and they never really did anything wrong. You should let them go. And then he signs this law that lets people go. The problem is he lets a bunch of people go who've pled down to misdemeanors who are really violent gang members. And it's not, you know, it's they were evaluated on the what their plea was rather than what the crime was. That's the problem. And uh, a lot of violent gang members were released on this program. The, that's, the, that's the, the state. The, the challenge is that I'm having is 
like, you know, you say the cult of Trump, it, it is like when you're speaking to somebody who's a believer, they don't want to hear anything else. And it is like dealing with somebody who's completely brainwashed. Um, and you try to have an intellectual conversation as to why you believe DeSantis is the better man or any other uh, candidate, really. And it's just like a, a knee-jerk, violent reaction. Trump is really playing 4D chess. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Trump is playing these 4D chess moves and he's going to go and he's going to do... And it, it's just like, no, I, I really want to talk about the issues with you. You don't understand the chess moves that he's <laughs> got in his brain. Megan, Megan. That, that's if what I'm encountering. And I want to know, how can, how can I MAGA up my <laughs> my endorsement of DeSantis? How can I speak their language? Because Megan. right now... Like I'm with you guys, I can have a nice conversation back and forth with a lot of the people and you know who are inside baseball. But how do we reach these brainwashed cult members? Megan, if if it's really true that Trump has fifty or sixty percent support, he's going to win, right? And there's That's no, what I'm saying. you're not going to convince those people. But I don't believe that he's got fifty or sixty percent. That's not my experience talking. <sighs> with not just Republicans. I mean, he definitely doesn't have 50 to 60% of Republicans because most of the establishment Republicans despise him. But even who on the you talk to though, side, Ed, you're so smart. You surround yourself with smart people who, but, who do investigate, who do learn. Who, but even who, on the conservative on, side, he does not, he doesn't have anywhere near Thank 50%. You, feel good uh, yes. What? I'm sorry, Ed, I didn't hear you. I just said that even amongst just the conservative portion of the party, he does not have 50 or 60% of us. No way. I mean, I, I talk to people. There's no way. I mean, yes, he's got a lot of people that are definitely behind him, but it's not 50 or 60%. I just, yeah. I, I, I'm just at a loss. I, I encounter them and they're, they're far louder than you guys are, than I am. And it, it just, uh, it, it scares me as somebody who works from you know when the nominees come down in march until november it's like being away from my family during those months knocking on doors doing everything i can to get these people elected and i'm, I'm just really worried right and we got to mention the flip side which you used to mention a lot um i haven't mentioned it in a while <laughs> if trump doesn't get the nomination how many of his cult members will not vote and allow the republicans to lose Mm, Again, I think it depends on how he's defeated. If 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 he if they feel like he got cheated, I mean, and they're no matter how that's what they're going to say. They're going to say <laughs> it was a rigged election, but you can't rig a caucus. It's not voting machines. A caucus mm -hmm. is people showing up and sitting down and 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 saying, "I'm with this guy." There's no way to rig it. If he loses Iowa, I mean, Iowa is 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 to me that's the firewall. If Trump wins Iowa by 50 points like he thinks he's going to, it's over. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I hope you're right, Ed. But again, you know, I'll, whatever everybody decides, whatever happens during the primary, I'm going to work my tail off for the Republicans. So, All right. Here's the bet, Ed. Here's the bet. If if here we go, Trump wins. If Trump wins Iowa, you the next the next show, you wear a MAGA hat on why you're doing the show and Trump loses Iowa, I will donate uh, the equivalent amount of money of however much MAGA hat costs to the DeSantis campaign. Uh, you know, uh, how's, how's that for a bit? 
<laughs> but I want to see you on video wearing a MAGA hat if Trump wins Iowa. How's that? Sure. Right. I, I'd, I'd have to go buy one. Um, so mine will be a 2020. I have one. Twenty dollars in something versus twenty either for DeSantis or for the cause of your choice. I'm in for that. Wow, we're gonna be like a uh, offshoot of FanDuel soon, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. This is this yeah. is gambling. We're gonna get shut down. Again, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys what other topics do you want to discuss? I think we covered the um, things oh, that were big this week. Will we get that? There is, um, you know, the the California law. Again, we we keep um, we keep putting off the gun control stuff, but uh, it is interesting how. These blue states uh, just take a look at the Supreme Court decisions and say, eh, no, <laughs> toss them over their shoulder and uh, and do what they want. Um, but isn't that the, how the uh, Constitution was envisioned, Ed? Oh, it was envisioned that way, um, but that's not how it's worked for over 200 years. So, uh, you know, we could uh, believe me, if we could go back to nullification, um, I would be extremely happy. But what we have is the blue states nullify Supreme Court decision that protects individual rights, and the red states don't do anything. They just follow every crazy Supreme Court decision well, that uh, invents. One of my, quote, one of my mantras on this show is, where are the Republicans? Why won't the Republicans do what needs to be done? That's the problem. I think the Democrats but, are doing what you're supposed to do. When, when the court overreaches, in your opinion— you're supposed to push back against it. Well, I mean, I, I totally agree with you there, but you're when you say where are the Republicans, that's not a Republican thing. That's a libertarian thing. That's a Tom Woods thing. You know, that's that's not a, a you know, a, um, you know, who, who's a Republican theoretician? That's not something that the Heritage Foundation uh, recommends. That's something that the Mises Institute advocates for. And to the extent that there's a quote unquote Mises caucus in the Republican Party, it's got like three people in it. But you're so, talking about uh, you know. Democrat politicians that are giving a middle finger to these Supreme Court decisions. You have plenty of Republican governors that could similarly give middle fingers to decisions they don't like. They just don't. Yeah, and they haven't read Tom Wood's book or or who know who Ludwig Mises is or Rothbard or any of the other people who have advocated for a more a libertarian form of the U.S. Constitution. Bottom line, closer to home, is Alu wrote an article a year or two ago for Liberty Block saying none of the big victories on guns in the Supreme Court mean anything at all because blue states do not care. And that really is the reality, and we're kind of helpless in, in the face of it. New York couldn't care less, and California couldn't care less, and other states couldn't care less. And it, it literally, we fight and fight for the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court. Some some states, some red states like um, Illinois, have been made to care, but it's it's like the bluest of blues, Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Mass well, Massachusetts, and California. They they are a hard line against. Uh, implementing 
any of the Second Amendment rights. Right. And as soon as they get the rulings that they want, all of a sudden the Supreme Court is the absolute law of the land and there's nothing you can say about it. Finish. <laughs> when they lose them, they yeah. just ignore them. So well, yeah. I think that's just the Democrats holding the Republicans to their own standards and using their own values against them. And it's the Republicans need to understand that that's just an Olinsky tactic and they have to fight back. Oh. Isn't it coming up on uh, mass shooting season or do we have a couple of months yet until that comes up again? Well, there's an interesting article I read today, you know, by Christopher Rufo, who's done a lot of great work. And, and uh, he, you know, if you look at Google Trends, uh, BLM, uh, you know, was the first uh, uh, in Missouri. What was the town in Missouri that they burned down um, due to the. Ferguson. Ferguson. So there was a big bump after Ferguson. But then the next big bump was a huge bump in the summer of 2016 as we approached the 2016 election. And then it died down. And then there was a huge bump in the um, 2020 after George Floyd. And then, of course, it's died down. Now, the cops, kill, the cops kill, on average, about 12 unarmed black guys a year on average, and they do this every year. So you can start riots any month you want. There's an unarmed black guy that gets killed by the cops. Any month you want, you can plan it. Uh, doesn't really matter. You say, May 2024, we're gonna start a riot because you know that on average, some unarmed black guy is gonna get killed by the cops in May. Another guy's going to get killed in June. Another guy's killed in April. That's just the way it works. Every year, that's the way it works. Cool, and that's so when I'll get I my new TV. That, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I, and so I think, I think, yeah, I think it's the, uh, we're going to have more riots in 2024. We don't know whether it's going to be, uh, you know, Gaza-related or, or unarmed black guy gets killed by cop-related. Uh, might be something else. Um, might be a Muslim gets attacked. It might be a Jewish guy gets attacked. Might be whatever it is. Well, whatever it is, we're going to have riots in 2024. And uh, that's just the way things go. By the way, we mentioned the COVID business. We mentioned Russian collusion. We're forgetting every day more and more stuff comes out about the J6ers, about the whole thing was a total lie, about the cops started the whole mm -hmm. things by shooting, about mm -hmm. other people who were beaten to a pulp by mm -hmm. the cops, et cetera, et cetera. And again, who cares? I just Ed does. Ed M. I talk about it all the time. Right, but like you know, I always we'll say, like where is Congress? Congress should be standing outside the DC jail every single day and refuse right. to do anything else until something happens. Meanwhile, they're in jail almost three years. One month from today will be three years for somebody's Well, people. they had better things to do, like kicking uh, George Santos out of uh, the Republican caucus. Mm -hmm. And we can't even kick out Jamal Bowman. So. Mm. Yeah, that's a, wasn't that a felony? Or Swalwell, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, it was a misdemeanor, apparently. Or they banging. made it. Do you know, for some reason, I get these emails. Adam Schiff is running for Senate in California. He's going to win. He's going to be a senator for California. That guy has lied so transparently so many times. Mm -hmm. You yep. wonder how, 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 
brazen do you have to be to go into a voting booth and say, yeah, Adam Schiff, I think he's the best. Oh, I know how. He's always in. So uh, obviously I have a lot of connections in Port Washington. Sands Point is like the Beverly Hills over here on Long Island. He is always in Sands Point at a fundraiser. He is sucking all of those rich people dry. The Clinton attorney lives in Sands Point. Hillary Clinton's best friend lives in Sands Point. He is always there and they're raising so much money for him. So much money. And he, you could look at his Instagram. He's always in Port Washington eating. So I always thought, I always so thought, crazy. honestly, I honestly, I, as far as Congress is concerned, I always thought Chuck Schumer was the most despicable human being in Congress. Uh, but now I, I, Adam Schiff is worse. Uh, honestly, Adam Schiff is a worse human okay. being Did Adam Schiff than just about than, anyone. Adam Schiff has lied more than Joe Biden. Well, his career is no, not been as Joe long. Joe Biden isn't in Congress. Joe Biden occasionally told the truth in Congress. It was accidental, but he occasionally told the truth. But he has a longer um, record. And so you talk about people making up resumes before Santos Biden was the king. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Well, there's yeah, that no, guy from Connecticut who was the Vietnam War Blumen, hero. Blumenthal. 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 But Biden's right, done yeah. it on a million things, continues to do it. And apparently, if you're a Democrat, it's not a big deal. You could bang a Chinese spy if you're a Democrat and still hold office. I was thinking of Swalwell while we were talking about that. I know, Spartacus. You, you don't want to or have a Chinese spy as your driver for 20 years. Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. Yep. So, yeah, it's a, we are in a bizarre clown world. We are in a bizarre clown world. All right, guys, it's hard to draw straws on Zoom, but who wants the short straw to watch the uh, debate tonight? Oh, I'm going to watch. You're going to watch your good I'll man. watch it at 2X tomorrow. Yeah. We could usually hang Mike for that, but okay. Somebody's got to be a martyr. Should we send Ed a MAGA nail gun or something? Yeah, for a so I can, like, put it on the middle of my forehead? No, for your eyes, for your eyes. You know how they actually kill cattle? There's this gun that shoots a, a, a bolt there. out of it and do that and they kill. And it, it allegedly, and you know, I eat hamburgers, so hopefully, uh, it kills them instantly without, uh, without any uh, real pain. That's what you need when you're at these debates. You need something that can kill you immediately without a pain, like one of those bolt guns. You know, a nice dose of ketamine wouldn't get you through it. Oh God! That it sounds take good. A lot of our my guy is going to be my guy's going to be on the on the screen tonight, and he's going to be front and center. So it's not going to be a hard thing for me to watch. I like DeSantis too. You know, I'm not I'm not anti DeSantis. I just don't think he's performing as well as he could. All right, we'll be back next week, regular time, and please send feedback to the Conservatarian Exchange at LibertyBlock.com. Wish everyone a wonderful evening.